Welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Laura Deirda, an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Anthony Romeo, Executive Vice President of the Musculoskeletal Institute at DuPage Medical Group in Illinois. Dr. Romeo is a leader in shoulder, elbow, and sports medicine, and I'm really excited to have him on the podcast today to discuss how the pandemic is affecting orthopedics and ASCs. Dr. Romeo, before we jump into the questions, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Thank you very much, Laura, for the invitation to be part of the podcast. It's a real honor to have the opportunity to speak with you. Um, I just returned uh, from New York to Chicago, arriving back uh, in the Chicago metropolitan area out in DuPage County uh, as of August of 2020. I was a member of Midwest Orthopedics. I began there in 1993 after I finished my fellowship at the University of Washington and was part of an incredible growth of that program to develop uh, shoulder and elbow surgery as well as sports medicine uh, with a a group of colleagues that uh, have been recognized as some of the best in the country and some of the best in the world. I was fortunate enough to be chosen by my peers to be president of the American Shoulder and Elbow Surgeons from 2017 and 2018. And during that year, I was contacted by Dr. Rothman and the Rothman Group out of Philadelphia, and they asked me uh, to work with them on a project in New York and to develop out the Rothman Orthopedic uh, Institute in New York. And I left Midwest Orthopedics, uh, which was a fantastic organization and opportunity and and, uh, a tremendous practice, including taking care of the White Sox. Um, And I went to New York. Unfortunately, uh, approximately four months after I got there, Dr. Rothman passed away. And a lot of the the plans uh, seemed to uh, drift away from our original uh, discussion. And um, then uh, in early 2020 of this year, of course, we're all aware of the um, COVID-19 pandemic hit New York. And unfortunately, I was one of the first 1,000, along with my wife, uh, to test positive for COVID in early March, when we really did not know much about this virus or how severe it was going to affect uh, New York and the Northeast. And it was a very um, interesting, uh, troublesome um, and cautious time uh, for myself and for my wife. Uh, fortunately, after about 10 days, uh, uh, I was able to get back to work wearing a mask and uh, protecting uh, against patients. And I helped out the residents and, and others uh, taking care of the COVID-19 patients, which had essentially uh, taken over our hospitals. And we learned a lot from that experience as all of our elective surgeries were shut down. And we'll talk about that in this podcast, I'm sure. Uh, but it was a firsthand experience of how to manage this on an emergency basis. And a lot of things were learned uh, from that experience that I hope to share with you. Uh, both my wife and I have recovered. Um, and we then uh, made plans to move back to Chicago. And we're here. And I've had a wonderful opportunity with the DuPage Medical Group Uh, to begin to put together the Musculoskeletal Institute, which will include orthopedics, spine, rheumatology, uh, physiatry, uh, interventional pain, uh, physical therapy, and occupational therapy, and a vertically integrated program where we can offer uh, what we hope to be the the best value and care uh, for musculoskeletal services in this region. So it's an exciting opportunity. It's nice to be back home. Uh, In just a few short months, my practice has rapidly uh, reestablished itself, and uh, that also has been uh, a wonderful experience to, to have that again. 
I'm so glad that you were able to recover from COVID-19 and it's really great to have you back in Chicago and, and I'm sure for your patients working in the area. So I'm um, glad to have you back and glad to be on this podcast. Um, my first question for you is how has the pandemic affected ASCs? Well, Laura, when we first had this experience in March and April of this year in the United States, the big concern, as we all knew, was that there would be uh, a real um, restriction in the amount of resources necessary to take care of the COVID-19 patients. And what they needed was respiratory support. So ventilators were necessary. They, we needed to have ways to protect our employees, as well as the patients with uh, personal protective equipment, masks, and other things. And there was a real shortage uh, when we started out. And in an effort to preserve those resources, uh, essentially, uh, most of our government agencies shut down uh, elective surgical care in a variety of major areas, not, not all across the United States, but certainly in New York, where I was at, uh, and also here in Illinois uh, for, for a shorter period of time. Uh, essentially, all elective surgical procedures were stopped, uh, and the purpose was to uh, repurpose uh, uh, both the resources in terms of equipment, but also the personnel to take care of the surge of the COVID-19 patients. And what we found from that experience was that uh, this was a severe uh, hit to the orthopedic practices. Our practices, many of them are 80, 90% elective. And therefore uh, we were basically shut down to only taking care of trauma patients and emergencies like as some of the spine surgeries and other things. And uh, it is, so it severely affected the ambulatory surgery centers because there was essentially no business. And in many places, uh, uh, the employees either had to be furloughed or repurposed back uh, to hospitals uh, or allowed to do other things. It wasn't as severe in other parts of the country. I know places where the orthopedic surgeons were able to convince the state governments uh, that elective surgeries outside of the hospital were still okay and that there was enough uh, the resources. So places like Arizona, uh, there's facilities that were shut down for less than two weeks. Uh, but in New York, that was measured in months. And um, that was a really uh, a stressful event financially. And it was a very stressful event for the orthopedic surgeons uh, that were uh, trying to uh, maintain their practice. But essentially, our surgical practice had been eliminated. And that caused a, a lot of financial uh, stress and it was handled in a variety of different ways. In terms of the ambulatory surgery centers, um, uh, basically uh, there was significant overhead that just grew in terms of debt and that was not being taken care of by the cases. Uh, and uh, we just had to wait till we got the clearance from the government that it was safe enough and that we had enough equipment to go back to performing cases. So that, that was the first thing that happened. And then once, once we got back into the programs, we learned a, a few things. Number one, our patients wanted their safety to be at the top of our list. So we had to build in a system to make sure that we were doing everything we could to avoid uh, transmitting the COVID-19 virus among our patients. So every patient had to be tested within a, uh, initially started out to be within 24 hours, but there was no way to logistically to consistently do that in many uh, of the places that did that early on had to cancel cases because they couldn't get the results back. Many places have settled in a time frame of about 72 hours before surgery, and they ask for a voluntary quarantine of the patient before they come into the ambulatory surgery center to avoid uh, being exposed to the COVID-19 uh, virus. So that was one thing with the testing that had to occur. 
The second thing is when they came in, uh, we had to be very strict about the fact, and we still are now, uh, in terms of who can come with the patients. And in fact, once they drop the patients off, we generally ask the patient's family members or caretakers to wait outside of the facility, either in their car or to go back home and give us a number to call uh, so that we can communicate with them as needed uh, throughout the day and when they need to come back and pick up uh, their family member. And so that's a, that's a uh, really strange feeling to be that impersonal, but we have no choice in an effort to try to slow down the, the um, uh, progression of this virus across our population. And then in the operating room, the anesthesiologists who obviously have to deal with the airway, and this is a respiratory uh, spread virus, had to be particularly safe in the way that they wore masks, uh, the way they protected themselves during the intubation of the patients. In some facilities, uh, they put actually a box, a plexiglass box with holes that they could reach through to intubate the patient and extubate the patients to try to protect them uh, from the transmission of this virus. Um, other places did it with uh, personal protective equipment, uh, N95 mask on the anesthesiologist, uh, and of course wearing gloves and changing everything uh, after any interaction with the patients. And then the usual things that we have to do, wash our hands, well, we, we do that twice as much as we used to, uh, and we're very careful about our clothing uh, and the things that we have so we don't bring it home with us. So it changed our entire uh, way of protecting our patients and also protecting ourselves uh, from this respiratory virus, and probably that's going to be a permanent part of the way we care for patients in the future. I hope that we'll get to the point we can be more personal and feel safe uh, with a appropriate vaccination, we can actually talk to them face-to-face -face again, which I think is, is valuable in terms of a trust and developing the proper relationships with the patients. Uh, we also learned that the hospitals really were considered by our patients to be a, a place where a lot of sick patients uh, were, and they preferred to have their surgery in the ambulatory surgery center. So even in environments like New York, which has a significantly decreased percentage of their orthopedic care done in ambulatory surgery centers than is done in Illinois. Now, all of a sudden, the patients were actually asking us, is there any chance you could do this in a surgery center instead of the hospital? I, do, I don't want to go into the hospital. And although there's not been evidence that going into the hospital and having surgery uh, somehow significantly increases the risk of getting it, patients felt much more comfortable uh, being in an environment where uh, there wasn't patients who were sick with COVID-19 virus and being treated for that virus in the same facility, and that we were taking these extra steps to protect their health and make sure uh, things were going well. We also have a policy of testing our staff members should they have anything that even resembles something close to the infection, or if they might be in an environment uh, where uh, there's a possibility they might be exposed to it. So ultimate uh, uh, issues on safety, and then creating an environment where patients actually requested to come into the ambulatory surgery center. And then what this has done is it just accelerated the process that's already in place. We all know that the growth with orthopedic care in the hospital is going to be flat and probably gradually decrease over the next five to 10 years, but the growth in the ambulatory surgery centers is going to continue to grow substantially. So the presence of the pandemic has actually accelerated that process. And now we have more physicians who are a little anxious about doing their cases in the surgery center that want to get time in the surgery center. 
and our patients are actually requesting that for their own safety. I think those are the key things uh, that we've seen in the first part of this year that now carried over into the second half of this year as we continue with the pandemic. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, especially seeing how um, the COVID-19 virus really uh, spread, I guess, throughout the year and some of the surges, spikes, and then drops in cases. So that's very interesting to hear. Um, from your perspective, looking into the future, what partnerships and services are essential for ASCs to thrive? Well, I think that it's going to be very important uh, for the ASCs to have a, a strong relationship with physicians. And, and, and you know, that seems uh, to be um, just very straightforward. But there are facilities that are uh, run by uh, non-physician groups or, or um, different organizations and even hospitals, which uh, really have to learn that the culture of an ASC is that the value in the ASC is related to the cases that are done there. It's not related to the administration. It's not related to a beautiful, huge building with lots of decorations. It's not related to all the other ancillary services that are available in a solution shop so that any problem can be treated. A surgery center is a focused entity that is delivering surgical care to patients. And the key to the success is the cases that are being done there. And the focus should be how to take care of the patient so they have a wonderful experience and how to affiliate with physicians, with surgeons, um, and develop strong relationships with surgeons so they bring their cases to the ambulatory surgery center. That's really the model that's going to survive through all of this because that's where the difference is made. So it's got to be strategic as the hospitals get more involved, as we hear groups like Optum uh, getting more involved in buying a surgery, uh, an ambulatory surgery center healthcare system. The, the key is going to be developing relationships with physicians. And even if they're employed physicians, uh, they're going to have to work very hard to make sure that they have a nice working relationship that creates efficiency and creates a good experience for the patients because it's going to be consumer driven and the patients are going to be aware of what's going on. I also think it's important that that people realize that an ambulatory surgery center is not just a small hospital operating room. That's another mistake that we see that sometimes people are hired from hospital operating rooms with the culture of being able to provide uh, the care for multiple different specialties. But, you know, the way you run an operating room for a general surgery practice is very, very different than the way that you run it for an orthopedic practice. And, and realistically, it's different for the joint replacement surgeons than it is for the spine surgeons, than it is for the sports surgeons. So I think particularly in our field of orthopedics and musculoskeletal care, it's highly valuable to have uh, a management group either internally or bring one in externally that has the ability to work with the, the surgeons and develop a musculoskeletal care ambulatory surgery center culture uh, that is based on efficiency and the way that we do things. And, and just, just to give you an example, in a hospital, they oftentimes feel that it's best to keep a surgeon in one room and that you know, we can cut our transition time between the two cases down to numbers that are closer to an ambulatory surgery center, 20 minutes. But in an ambulatory surgery center, what we oftentimes do is we actually have two rooms for one surgeon and they run their cases uh, in, a, in a, a basically a staggered fashion. So as soon as the surgeon is done with his surgical care in one room, 
He walks out of that room and does whatever little paperwork uh, and patient communications necessary. And within 10 minutes or less is in, in the next room already beginning to operate. And what that does, it allows us to maximize the cases. It provides excellent care to patients because a physician doesn't have to be the one that's putting on the dressing. There's the physician assistants and others can help out with that. The physician doesn't have to be sitting in the room while the anesthesiologist is putting a block uh, in for the surgical site. That's an unnecessary process inside of the operating room. The surgeon doesn't have to be there when the uh, cleaning crew is working for that. So we can maximize the value of our surgeons and their ability to care for patients in an ambulatory surgery center in ways that hospitals just seem to struggle with that concept. And, and because it doesn't work for other specialties, they don't want to do it for musculoskeletal care. And so they end up hurting uh, what we can do. So I, I think that's really critical to have the proper management team. And there's a number of very good ambulatory surgery center groups that are available now that know how to run orthopedic or musculoskeletal centers and are doing a great job with joint replacements and with spine, uh, which is really advancing our ability to do these cases outside of the operating room, excuse me, outside of the hospital. So I think the key is going to be, uh, it has to be patient focused, it has to be surgeon focused, and you need a management team that knows how to run musculoskeletal care well to really maximize the value of your ambulatory surgery center. If you do that, you're definitely going to thrive into the future because your patients are going to want to be there at that facility to get their care. That's fantastic to hear, and it sounds like you've had some great experience with the ASC. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, one more question before we wrap up here. In looking at you know some of the emerging payer trends for orthopedics and ASCs, what are you seeing as uh, coming out from payers, and then what are you most excited about for the future? Well, what I think is happening with payers now is it's very well recognized. The ambulatory surgery center strategy has to be part of a value-based care system. You can't provide uh, a care for an episode of care or a specific diagnosis if you don't include an ambulatory surgery center model. For example, in orthopedics, let's take total joints. We're, we're now in the close to putting 50% of our total joints in an outpatient environment. And out of those, at least 50% or more of those can be done in an ambulatory surgery center, so up to one-third or more in an ambulatory surgery center. And the payers now realize if we're going to put the whole package together and make this work well, we have to have a strategy for this. And I can tell you what's happening in Illinois. One of the largest payers in our state has actually informed the surgeons that if you do a case in the hospital that should be done in ambulatory surgery center, we're going to deduct your reimbursement by 15%. And if you do that case in the surgery center, instead of the hospital, we're going to give you a 15% bonus. That is their official standard to steer our cases uh, into the ambulatory surgery center. So there's no doubt uh, that the payers recognize this. And as we start to work on employee-based, uh, excuse me, employer-based models, we're going to have to have an ambulatory surgery center strategy for the way that we take care of these bundles of episodes of care or these bundles of diagnoses to make sure that we can provide the best care at the best price and the best location uh, because the payers are going to be looking at this across the board. So I, I think that's a really uh, critical aspect that they're, they're, they recognize the importance of ambulatory surgery centers. They've embraced that. In fact, they've embraced it faster than our federal government has by a long shot. We've been doing total joints and outpatient ASD environment 
for private payers long, long before the government has approved to do it for Medicare and Medicaid patients. So now it's just becoming uh, more uh, of a steerage actually from them to make sure that that happens. So I, I think that we're going to see that for sure. And then what am I excited about? Well, there, there's a number of really important things to be excited about. Well, first of all, I'm really excited about the fact that we are creating an environment for our patients where they really love the outpatient environment. So it's a very personal, it feels much more almost like a boutique experience for them. And it's actually less expensive uh, than if they had their surgery done in a hospital. And oftentimes that can be 30 or 40% off the cost. And why is that important? Well, we all recognize that patients now are paying a more significant part of their health care, $5,000, $10,000 deductibles that they're responsible for. And if they can get a better value in an ambulatory surgery center, they're going to recognize that because consumerism is going to drive uh, the need to go to places where they can get the same or better care and they can get it for less cost since it's coming out of their pocket. And so I'm very excited about what we're able to offer. The next thing is that anesthesia and what has been what we've been able to do to manage pain has been remarkable. I do a shoulder replacement, takes me a little over an hour in the morning. My patients home and having lunch uh, and, and with the way they do this now, the recovery time is less than two hours. The patients look wide awake. They're happy to walk out the door. Their shoulders still comfortable because they have a block in place. And we're seeing this with total knees and total hips and even our, our, some of our spine cases. And really, that's a tribute to our anesthesiologist and the ability to manage pain in the acute setting and as the patients go home. So that's very fantastic, too. And the last thing I'll mention is just the technology. We're seeing some tremendous technology in terms of robotics and some of the, uh, the guided surgical procedures we're doing. Right now, the costs are very high, and so it's hard to integrate that into an ambulatory surgery center where, where margins are much different than a hospital setting. But I do believe that's going to come down, and I think we'll see more robotics used for total joints, for spine, and even for some of the sports medicine procedures um, in the ambulatory surgery center as the costs become more in alignment and the technology uh, becomes more advanced and so we can use it regularly. So we're going to be offering the, the highest level of uh, care with the best best technology in the lowest cost environment for ambulatory surgery centers. And I just think that's a triple threat, that, a triple threat that's going to be hard to beat uh, going forward. Dr. Romeo, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really a great conversation. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Laura, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you.